This is the John Oakley Show podcast. All right, we're back into the fray with Ernie Eves, a former premier and finance minister, John Turley Ewart. He's in the financial business uh, with experience on Bay and Wall Streets. Dan Moulton, consultant at Crestview Strategy, worked as an advisor in the McGinty and Wynn governments, and was telling us uh, you just flew in from Montreal. It was yeah. chaotic at Pierre Elliott Trudeau Airport, a.k.a. It was. Dorval, uh, and that's because of the grounding of these Boeing 737 MAX 8s, I'm guessing. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think they fly a fair number of them from uh, Montreal to the western provinces. Uh-huh. Uh, tons of flights grounded there. Uh, total chaos at the airport. Air Canada was doing it. I have a lot of respect for Air Canada. I think they were doing a pretty good job to get people on their flights and uh, get them to their to get them home. But uh, yeah, it was pretty uh, pretty chaotic at the airport. Also. All right, so they're switching out the planes. Yeah, and uh, they're asking for you know the travelers' patience. They've actually uh, waived a full uh, fee waiver for affected customers, so you don't have to you know pay the hundred or six hundred bucks whatever if you're that changing was kind it of them. without yeah. Well, <laughs> look, you know everybody's sort of tap dancing around here. It's damage control, and let me just ask around the horn because it's uh, top of mind. Certainly, Boeing has a real issue of crisis management. Yeah, I'm guessing now. Uh, because you had the Lion Air thing uh, out east that happened in the Far East, and then six months later, this Ethiopia air uh, plane crashes. And while we don't have uh, certi- certain uh, our certitude on it, they think it's probably the same thing. As uh, Mark Garneau said uh, earlier today, they've got the uh, validated satellite tracking data that shows both instances were similar, a software glitch. For sure. And they're going to have to put a patch together, which raises a specter of, you know, will that be adequate? Who's going to be the test pilot on that flight? But I'm wondering, uh, first and foremost, is Boeing really in trouble as far as these planes are concerned? Can they ever remediate public confidence here? I think it's going to be really difficult. And I mean, certainly from their business perspective, this is an important plane. I mean, they've been selling this plane uh, significantly over the last number of years. I think there's still 700, uh, uh, so, sorry, 7,000 outstanding orders uh, that are yet to be delivered that are uh, in- integral to their to their business growth. So this is a big deal for them. And they're going to have to really step forward and restore public confidence. We, we haven't heard from them very clearly uh, on this matter over the last few months and, and certainly over the last few days. And, and John, I think we're all struggling to a bit to understand. Well, what's what was the problem with the two planes? Uh, one, the one in Ethiopia, the one in Indonesia. What was the problem with those planes? What's different here? We're asking a lot of questions as, as as citizens and not getting a lot of answers from a company that should be really stepping forward and sharing information in a far more transparent way than they are. Yeah, and then you had the head of Boeing, I guess, met with Donald Trump yesterday, trying to assure him that everything was okay with the planes. I mean, this kind of stuff doesn't pass the sniff test for the public, anyway, John. Well, I, you know, I, I think uh, today when when Trump, uh, you know, grounded the planes as well, it speaks to what kind of influence that 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 conversation had on on, on the president. Uh, but again, the president uh, yesterday as well went on about the good old days when you know people uh, cranked their cars and and flew uh, biplanes to, where we didn't have software glitches, which kind of I think really demeaned the whole the whole question. When we say software glitches, it sounds easy. It sounds like something just like in your computer or your phone. It's not a big deal. But in this case, at least in the Lion Air one, it brought down that plane. It looks like we have a similar pattern here, and I I think. I think people didn't really realize how how important software is on planes. 
the lady you had on before, um, uh, uh, Mary Schiavo. Yeah, she was great. She was talking about how you simply cannot fight um, the the autopilot when it thinks that you're 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 lo- you're losing altitude and it tries to you know force down to get the lift. You're going right into the ground, and so like this is this was I think underplayed. I think they took too long to fix this problem, and they probably took too long to talk to the airlines who have bought their planes to talk about how you train their pilots because it sounds like the pilots are trying to figure out what's wrong with the plane, and it, they don't have enough time to pull off the autopilot and take control. Yeah, I was asking her as well. I mean, wouldn't this have shown up uh, in flight simulations or in testing or something like that? So, uh, you know, when they're green lighting something that now, you know, happens twice, I can understand pulling the planes. You don't want the third time to be the charm, you know. So no, Ernie, Ernie, I think, I mean, if you're an aviation authority, you have to err on the side of caution here. Mm-hmm. You have to ground these planes until you're satisfied that the problem has been rectified. I think Boeing definitely dropped the ball after the first one, after the Lion Air incident. They should have taken this far more seriously and got right at it and uh, acknowledged the, the problem and done something about the problem. Now, unfortunately, you know you have a terrible situation where another 157 people have died, probably unnecessarily, if somebody would have done the right thing after that incident, after the first incident happened. You know, I give full marks now to uh, to Canada and the U.S. finally getting on board. They probably, I'd say it's always great, but they probably could have done it and should have done it yesterday. But thank goodness there haven't been any further issues. And I don't, I don't think they should, uh, you know, take off the ban until they know the problem's fixed. By the way, uh, do we know what's happening with Boeing stock? Well, it's uh, it was it didn't uh, drop too far today. It was down at around three seventy four before the crisis. It was around four twenty two twenty five. So it kind of flattened out today. So I, I, look, they do a huge amount of military contracts. I think a lot of people on 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 Wall Street are saying, okay, so you know they've shaved off uh, a large uh, chunk of equity out of this company right now. Let's wait and see how they actually deal with it. And I think if they deal with it well, uh, the public will be assured of their safety going forward on these planes, and the shareholders will be assured that over time they'll make that money back. By the way, I know you've got a lot of experience on Bay and Wall Street. You've got a PhD in uh, banking, the history of banking. Yeah. We think. Well, we think. (laughs) All right. Now, did you have anybody buy you those academic credentials, or did you earn them on it? Well, absolutely not, John. Uh, I had to uh, work extremely hard to uh, to get into graduate school, and uh, and and uh, I'm glad I did. Uh, you know, it, it's interesting, this story, though. That people ask, why is it so important for folks to get into, you know, Harvard and Yale and Stanford? And when I worked in New York, uh, I, I realized the answer to that question at that time, because up here in Canada, we go to UBC or we go to U of T, McGill, uh, but we don't sort of say, if you've gone to this university, we don't want to talk to you. I, I saw jobs where it's specifically posted for Harvard, Stanford, Yale, it was an old old boys largely, some old girls, but largely old boys club. And once you got into that university, if you were part of that alma mater, it almost guaranteed you access to some of the best jobs in Wall Street and in, in the Silicon Valley. So that's one of the reasons why so many people want to get in. It's also one of the reasons why you have Asian Americans have launched a massive lawsuit against Harvard based on discrimination because they have got the marks to get in but they haven't been getting in because they use racial quotas as well to 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 uh you know uh, to make their decisions on who gets into Harvard so you know it is if you can get in there it's it, you know you've you've that's the your golden, ticket it's yeah. your ticket right and so uh you know that that's we don't have that in Canada and I'm glad we don't 
All right. Well, uh, I want to come back and pursue it a little more fully because it makes me wonder if, in fact, this was always the way and it exists in the corporate world. There's nepotism. There's uh, rigged results, connections, who you know kind of thing. We'll come back as a topic worthy of discussion. That certainly fits the bill with Dan Moltner and Eves, John turley Ewart on The Oakley Show. Thanks for listening to The John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.